Last month, the U.S. economy seemed to be in trouble. Some economists were forecasting a recession, and major companies started laying off thousands of workers. It's been a rough start to the year for Silicon Valley. Microsoft announced Wednesday it would lay off 10,000 employees. Google is laying off 12,000 of its employees worldwide. Amazon has delivered the job cuts it warned about and then some. Job cuts are expanding beyond tech. Dow Inc. is the latest to announce layoffs, shedding 2,000 workers globally. Our colleague Ray Smith covers the labor market. And it seemed like almost every day we were hearing of a major company announcing thousands of layoffs. And those were really really scary headlines. And it made it sound like we were basically in a recession. Then February came along, and a new government jobs report came out. And I remember I was working from home that day, and I had CNBC playing in the background. I was, you know, anticipating the jobs report, and I thought it was going to be ho-hum or... Whatever. Uh, numbers will be coming out shortly. We're expecting one. And then when they came out, the CNBC people were so excited. Wow, wow. Whoever took the over, congratulations. 517,000. 517,000 non farm payrolls. A blast off of a number. That's the highest number since February of 22. 22- the jobs report was a shocker. It said 517,000 jobs had been created in January, triple what most economists were expecting. It also showed that the unemployment rate was the lowest it's been in more than 50 years. It really threw everybody for a loop because no one was expecting the job report to be that strong. What did you think when you saw those numbers? I honestly thought WTF. It it just didn't make sense to me. I I didn't understand how you could reconcile all the layoff news and the talk of recession and these strong job numbers. I just had this question, like, how can these two things be true at the same time? Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Friday, February 17th. Coming up on the show... The puzzle in the jobs market. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI. Everyone. But where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Tap the banner or go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. When our colleague Ray started looking into the job market, the first thing he noticed was that most of the layoffs were happening in one part of the economy, the so-called information sector, which includes most of the big tech companies. Why are tech companies laying off people right now? Because they overhired, they overestimated how much of their services we would use in these last few years. And who could blame them? I mean, nobody knew what was going to happen. We all relied on technology, whether we were binging at home or ordering in um, or shopping for stuff online. 
and technology companies really staffed up to meet that demand. And then there was a point when things started reopening and we were able to go back out. And some of us relied less on that technology. And these tech companies just had too many workers and not enough demand, if you will. While these companies play a big role in our lives, the sector is a fraction of the economy. It only accounts for about 2% of the American workforce. The hiring is happening in a much bigger part of the economy, the service sector, which includes all kinds of businesses, everything from restaurants and hotels to dry cleaners and hospitals. Employees in those sectors account for about 36% of all private sector payrolls. So this is like a massive chunk of the U.S. economy, and it's in this chunk of the economy where there's all this hiring demand. Exactly. And so the bottom line is that we're talking about a huge population, and they are driving not only the U.S. labor market, but they're the backbone, basically, of the U.S. economy. If tech companies are laying off, now that there's not quite as much demand, why are service sector industries staffing up so aggressively? That is a really good question, and it's another piece of this puzzle, because you would think if we're hearing about potential recession and downturn, that people wouldn't be dining out or or traveling, but people are. And it could be that they, where they're dining might not be Noma, it might be Chipotle, but people are still spending. One place people are still spending is at Lane's Chicken Fingers, a chain of eight restaurants in Texas. I spoke to Elliot McDonald, the director of operations. What do you guys got on the menu there, other than presumably chicken fingers? <laughs> chicken fingers and chicken fingers. You know, we do one thing well. So uh, we have a couple other items like a grilled chicken wrap, uh, grilled cheese. We have a club sandwich that's amazing. What's your favorite item on the menu? I mean, it's, uh, I would say the club sandwich. So it's going to be two Texas toast, three fingers, uh, bacon, cheese, and our lane sauce. Uh, it's not healthy, but it's damn good. <laughs> it sounds delicious. A lot of companies are are laying off workers right now. You're seeing a lot of that stuff in the headlines. Are layoffs something that you that you think about? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, that that will not happen. Why not? Like why why is that not something that you think is going to affect you, but is affecting other larger companies? Well, we're in a growth mode, so. I mean, our sales are going up uh, year over year. They're up great. We're opening new stores. I mean, it's as best I could see, there will not be a slowdown period. It's we're going to keep opening stores. So there's always going to be a need for bodies. Since the pandemic, Lane's Chicken Fingers has been trying to hire new workers. But until a few months ago, it was incredibly difficult to recruit. We weren't getting many applicants. That was first. We would get, you know, about one a week, every other week uh, during this time. I mean, you're going to hire whoever showed up to the interview pretty much because you needed staff. And they'd get hired and then they wouldn't even show up to the first day. The staffing shortages got so bad that Elliot says he and even the owner had to roll up their sleeves and get in the kitchen, frying chicken and manning the drive-in. He tried everything he could to hire more people. Our average wage two years ago was about $11 an hour, and now it's around $15 an hour. 
He even rolled out a referral program where he says existing employees would get 150 bucks if they referred someone who got hired. But then things started to change. Data from the U.S. Census Bureau shows that workers got less worried about catching and spreading COVID and became more willing to take jobs in restaurants where there's a lot of interaction with other people. And Elliot says it started getting easier to find new workers. So it would be around uh, midpoint last year. We started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And as of about six months ago, we've uh, felt really good about it. In what ways are you feeling better? Uh, I mean, the simple fact that, uh, you know, I'm not having to cook chicken every day. (laughs) (laughs) Elliot says the restaurants he oversees are now fully staffed. And he thinks business will stay busy for the foreseeable future. Are you worried at all about a recession? I am not. I'm fortunate enough to be in an industry that I feel a recession does impact it somewhat. But in the quick service restaurant industry, I don't think it has the effect that it does on other industries. Coming up, the industry that still has tons of people to hire. Looking to invest? Start your journey by exploring exchange-traded funds with GlobalX ETFs. Exchange-traded funds, or ETFs for short, create baskets of stocks, bonds, and other assets that you can buy in a single trade. GlobalX specializes in ETFs that track emerging trends, like the rise of artificial intelligence, as well as strategies aimed to generate income potential. Visit GlobalXETFs.com to discover how you can get started. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Voice API, you get comprehensive call analytics, virtual assistants, automated speech recognition, and text-to-speech benefits across multiple languages. Developers can add smart voice functionalities into your app, giving your customers an easier way to reach you. And you can start collecting real-time data to drive more meaningful engagement to move your business forward. Learn more at Vonage.com. While restaurants like Lane's Chicken Fingers are fully staffed and growing strong, other businesses are still rebounding from the massive exodus of employees that happened during the pandemic, like hospitals. I'm Dr. Mark Boom, President and Chief Executive Officer of Houston Methodist. And do you ever just walk into a room and go, boom? (laughs) It's an amazing last name. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Yeah, other people do that. The Houston Methodist Hospital System employs about 30,000 people and still has tons of job openings. Looking back, where did the shortages start to come from? Why were people leaving those jobs? So if you go pre-pandemic, you know, there was some shortage, but I would call it sort of a manageable shortage. You know, we could get through it, we could manage through it. The pandemic just took that and flipped it on its head completely. And the bottom line is we had many people leave the profession. It's been a tough time. I I tell people, you know, the number of times I had a 66-year-old nurse, you know, swing on by because I've worked with him or her for years and come by and say, hey, Dr. Boom, I'm I'm, going to retire. And I'd ask them, you know, anything we could do to keep you? No, I'm tired. It's time. I'd ask him candidly, if the pandemic hadn't hit, would you be retiring at 66? Almost to a T, they'd say, no, I'd have probably gone another couple, three years. Well, you know, the, the impact of losing very tenured, very experienced people at the tail end of their career, even for that last two, three years, is huge. 
How many people are you hiring these days? We have about 3,500 open positions right now uh, in the institution. So you have 3,500 open positions? We do. We are recruiting for about 3,500 positions. So how would you describe the hiring environment right now? It's pretty tough. Uh, It's better than it's been, thank goodness. But still, some of the most challenging hiring dynamics that I've seen in my career. But the areas where it's really hard to hire into are the most frontline, the most uh, high touch for our patients. So when you think about nursing, nursing is incredibly difficult. And of course, it's the focal point of a hospital system. There's a massive national shortage. So, you know, it's not like we can just magically wave our wand and there's enough people um, to bring into the institution. For a while, Mark was trying to solve his staffing shortages, in part the same way the chicken restaurant did, with money. He raised wages and started offering $10,000 signing bonuses for some positions. He recently backed off on hiring bonuses, though, as staffing has gotten easier lately. But he says there was another reason he stopped offering them. You know, we've backed off of a lot of the major enticements at this point. A lot of them, you know, it became pretty clear that some of them were honestly creating a little bit of a vicious cycle, right? I mean, if everybody all offers uh, big sign-on bonuses and you got to be here X period of time and you get it, and then if you're there for X period of time, now you move on and take the other sign-on bonus at another institution and you create a little bit of a vicious cycle. Do you think the healthcare industry's demand for workers is going to make the country's fight against inflation a little bit more difficult to win? I'm no economist, but... You know, obviously, if major staff shortages cause everybody to throw money at the problem, you know, you drive inflation. I mean, you just do. And, uh, you know, people have more income and and it becomes a vicious cycle. This is exactly what the Federal Reserve is trying to avoid right now. A vicious cycle where companies raise prices to fund increasing wages and then employees demand more wage increases to keep up with the higher prices. I think demand for workers, not just in healthcare, but broadly, makes that whole job of the Fed a lot more difficult. So I do have some concern about that. Healthcare is going to be one of the industries where you are not going to see, you know, the demand decline anytime soon. It's going to, if, if the Fed's looking for that, it's going to be one of the last places I think they're going to see that kind of progress. With the service sector still hiring aggressively, our colleague Ray says that many experts are revising their forecasts about what could happen to the U.S. economy this year. That strong hiring that's going on will probably change the way economists think about what will happen next. So it remains possible that a combination of rising interest rates, persistent inflation, and slowing consumer spending could tip the U.S. into recession. But after the jobs report, Goldman Sachs economists reduced the likelihood that the U.S. would enter a recession in the next 12 months to 25% from 35%, and they cited the strength of the labor market. But the economy is hard to predict. Ray says it's also possible that layoffs could spread from the tech sector to other areas. And if that happens, it could be a sign the economy is weakening. We'll definitely be looking for the next jobs report and see exactly what is happening with white-collar workers, because already we know what's happening in the tech sector. We've gotten indications that it's starting to spread beyond the tech sector into other industries. And the question now is, how deep will it spread beyond technology? Are we talking about, you know, other industries, whether it's banking or accounting or just other white-collar professions? And so that's 
one thing we really have to keep our eye on. That's all for today, Friday, February 17th. Additional reporting in this episode by Sarah Cheney Cambon. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Kate Leinbaugh and me, Ryan Knudsen. The show's produced by Annie Baxter, Ariana Bow, Catherine Brewer, Maria Byrne, Pia Gadkari, Rachel Humphreys, Matt Kwong, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Alan Rodriguez-Espinosa, Pierce Singy, Jivika Verma, Lisa Wang, and Catherine Whalen, with help from Jonathan Sanders. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Peter Leonard. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Catherine Anderson, Bobby Lord, Peter Leonard, Emma Munger, Nathan Singapak, Griffin Tanner, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka, Sky Patterson, and Amelia Schonbeck. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.